If you are happy to be in God's presence tonight, can you just put your hands together for the Lord? All right, it's our interactive Bible study, and um, we are in the Easter season. I would like us to talk about Easter a little bit. So we're going to open this interactive study with a conversation. I'd like to ask us a few questions. What does this resurrection mean to you? Okay. Um, some of us are on holidays. Some of us have not even resumed back from work. Um, many of us know that Jesus died and rose from the dead after on the third day. But I'd like us to know individually throughout that crucifixion story, the entire crucifixion story, from when Jesus was betrayed to his journey to the cross and then when he rose um, from the grave, what lessons are there in this entire resurrection story that you would like to share or something that touched you in this story you would like to share? I mean, if there's anybody, I'd like you to raise your hand so that we can give you the mic. I mean, everybody has something to share in this resurrection story. Just share with us what you think your experience is or what lessons you learned during this resurrection, and um, we kick off our interaction. Anybody? Is there anyone? Okay. Yeah, princess. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Okay. Um... Easter is not new to me, and um, there's this, um, when Jesus was taken to Golgotha, right, there's this video that is viral, yeah, every, by this season, to, you know, it will start moving. I saw one on someone, someone's DP, you know, where they were lashing Jesus with, uh, they will flog him and throw, and throw, I don't know what that is, it looks like a uh, um, corrugated iron kind of cane. So, at each point, they flogged him and drew that, and he did like this. That's not the first time I've seen this video, yeah? As, as old as I am, really, I've been seeing this video, but this time around, I had to pause. You know, sometimes you can be rowdy, but you don't know. You know, eternal noise. I had to calm down. To, in fact, I had to go over it, over. And each time I went with tears, we are, we are gushing out of my eyes. I was like, this is not the first time I've seen this video, but what's the difference now? The difference was that at each time, they flogged him and pulled that thing and, and he did like this. I actually did like this by impulse. And it's like some fibers were dropping from my body. Like I was selling out to God completely again, you know. So to me, words can't express what this season is to me. Like it's a, it's a, a series of you know, revival going on and coming to terms again with God to actually know, for me, that power that raised Jesus from the dead is a power for the calibration to get to do it better right now. As a matter of fact, my, my, my journey with God now has been calibrated. You know, so if I did 10, I'm going to do times. 10, 10, multiples of 20 really. <laughs> Praise God. Please put your hands together for her. Thank you, princess. We have Dora there. Church. Good evening. Okay, um, so growing up, my opinion or my own view of Easter was more like you go to church, you watch um, the Easter movie of Jesus being flogged and all that. But growing up, I began to realize that it goes much more deeper than that. And when I was young, I didn't really explain, or didn't, should I say, the instructors then didn't really go deeper into the true meaning of what Easter really meant. But growing up, I began to realize that it goes, it's much more deeper than that. And it's like, while I'm, um, like the Romans, Romans by Pastor read on Sunday, that's why we were yet sinners, like we didn't even watch it, and he did all that. I mean, the movie does not even begin to depict exactly what he went through. So if we see all that and we still, as in we will share tears, I mean, it's hard to watch all that and not cry. It doesn't even fully begin to depict all that he went through. And he went through all that for us. And there was a verse in Romans that said that he did not wait for us to run to him. He did not wait for us to, to even like, call unto him. And he did all that for us. So it's 
make mistakes, she also, um, Sister Princess said, it's a time to reflect on our work with God. And it's time to say how much of a Christian have, have I been that he went through all that and then do I now continue to wallow in sin? So that's what is that. Put your hands together you. for Dora. One thing Dora said was why she was growing up. So I want to believe she has finished growing now. <laughs> okay, let's have our sister. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. I think Easter means a lot to us as Christians. Let's I'm beginning assume. to see you now in Bible studies. Put your hands together for her again. <laughs> All right. Okay, let's assume that, um, yes, Jesus came and um, accomplished all what he did and died and couldn't raise again. What would be our fate as Christians? So for him to die and um, raise from the death gave us that hope that believe that, yes, we have him, that he actually came, he saw, and he conquered. To me, Christian, um, sorry, Easter means a lot to me than even the birth of Jesus, which is um, Christmas. I try as much as possible to keep Easter period holy, you know. So it means a lot to us as Christians when we reflect on the um, coming of Jesus and accomplishing everything that he did, and he died and still rose again from the dead. Praise the Lord. It gives us hope as Christians that we die with him, and definitely we are going to raise again with him. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Put your hands together for her. Anybody else? What else? Okay. Uh, our sister, please. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Um, part of uh, the message that Pastor preached was he was asking us that, okay, Jesus Christ came, he died, did so many things, you know, like we said, when we watch it, we're moved to tears and all of those things. But he came to die for a reason. He did all of that for a purpose, for us to have life and have it in abundance. But do we have that life in abundance? Are we living that life? I mean, I could feel, and you know, Jesus, that, oh, we're all celebrating him and all of that. And he said, hey, I came for something. I came here to suffer. I, I, I suffered for you so that you can have life and have it in abundance. But the question is, do we have that life? Are we living that kind of life that Jesus paid for? The price he paid was heavy. Is that the kind of life we are living? It's just like, I want to illustrate, like someone goes to a restaurant and paid for you. All the food, Chinese, buffet, everything, <laughs> buffet, everything. It's all yours. And you go there, all you pick is bottled water. How do you think the person that paid all of that will feel? That's how most of us are living. Oh my God. Put your hands together. What our sister just said is, you know, anytime I have a meeting, maybe in a hotel, uh, my wife usually warned me that I should make sure I eat because people spend all that money. And then immediately after the meeting, they've paid for the buffet, I'll just <laughs> walk away. It's exactly what our sister is talking about. Jesus has paid the price. And the reason is for us to have abundance, live the life in abundance. And yet, we live in want. Please put your hands together for her again. Anybody else? I'd like to hear more from us. Uh, what does this resurrection story mean to us? What does it mean to you? What is it that you reflect on each time it's time for Easter? I mean, some of us, when it's time is for Easter, uh, let's have a buffet. It's um, food. Some people, it's holiday. What does it mean for, to us? Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Uh, to me, when I reflect on the death of Jesus Christ on the cross of Calvary, it seems it shows that all our sins have gone. And he has redeemed himself by laying down his life for us. But I still look at it that if someone has died for us, why do we still continue to go back to our vomit? Because when you look at it, the way he was suffered, how 
the blood gushed out from his body and everything like that. I don't see any human being. Even if you have a pet or dog or any, any pet, if that pet is not feeling fine, I know how people who have pets feel for that pet. Talk less our Lord Jesus Christ, the way he has suffered for us. And I still wonder why people still continue eh, to behave or to commit sin in different ways. For example now, how can you just look at your friend and you, you convince him to a place where he's being slaughtered? You know, at times, I will just look at Jesus Christ that, ah, this man is a wonderful man. That somebody that did that. And, you know, nowadays we see guys, most especially the court boys, they will just look at and say, ah, you, if I kill you now, you can't enter inside one nylon bag. So, if we have Christ, we still have to be fear. The fear that, ah, if I'm in the position that was nailed to the cross and died for all this, for all human beings, because of our sin. Thank you. you. Put your hands together for Ambassador. I'm going to link what the Ambassador said with what Sister Dora said. Um, somebody died, not even because we have asked for forgiveness in the first place, not because we are even worthy of his death but he died because of the love he had for us david said what is man that thou art so mindful of him even in our wretchedness have you ever gone to evangelism and you and you spoke to somebody and the person said i can't be born again no the kind of things i have done there's no way god can forgive me have you seen such people We've, most of the times, talked about forgiveness. Something happened recently. I'm going to use that as an example. I'm sure most of us have heard the saga of Sterling Bank. Have you heard it? If you have not heard it, I'm going to tell you. Now, Sterling Bank sent an Easter message and said that just like Agege bread, he arose. Using agege bread to describe the resurrection of Jesus. And oh my God, there was backlash everywhere. Everybody was angry. At least Christians were so angry. There's a friend of mine, he's a pastor, he owns a church in Akure. He put up on his Facebook page, um, um, let's hashtag close your account with Sterling Bank. You know, one million people should close their account. And then I heard on the news on my way to this place that CBN, I mean, sorry, the Christian Association of Nigeria has written a notice that asking for the resignation of the CEO of Sterling Bank. And do you know the worst part was that initially when the outrage came, they put out an apology with another graphics let he who had not seen cast the first stone. They say, ah, see, what is wrong with these people? You committed the first crime. You are committing another one again. And then the CEO wrote a letter, full letter. We have an account with Sterling Bank, so I get all this information. And they put out a letter, a very beautiful letter, asking for an apology. And irrespective of what he wrote, like what Khan did today, asking for his resignation. I honestly do not condone what they did. But I have um, a friend in top management with Sterling Bank, and I asked him what happened. He said, Collins, um, you wouldn't believe me that the people that put out that notice are two boys that speak in tongues. <laughs> and because the CEO is a Muslim, Everybody is crucifying him. Whereas the people that made that mistake are tongue-speaking Christians. Tongue-speaking Christians. Let's assume we don't even know that they are Christians. 
Let's assume we don't know. Let's assume that the CEO of Sterling Bank actually put out that thing on notice. But he has said he's sorry. But it's not enough. It's not enough for us. We want him to suffer some kind of... And do you know the funny part? He has not fired the people that did this. He has not fired them. He has no intention of firing them. And it might surprise you to know that if he demands his resignation, he might probably resign and still leave those people in employment. But the very reason for the cross that he forgave us, we don't have ability to do that. We, we find it so difficult to forgive. And I said it here before. Is it so much as the weight of the crime or is it our inability to forgive? What is wrong with the church? Let's assume he didn't put up an apology. Let's assume, what difference do you think he's going to make? Assuming Christian Association of Nigeria put out a notice that we know or we, uh, how, whatever English they want to use that, they understand that this, the bank may not have gone through due authorization to release this, but we, we forgive you. Without the apology of Sterling Bank, assuming they've not apologized, and can put out that notice, how do you think the MD of Sterling Bank, a Muslim, how do you think he's going to feel? We hurt these people, but yet they are willing to forgive. Without my apology, but you will wait. The person will apologize. He will call his father to apologize and beg you. He will call his entire family, kneel down and beg you. You will say no. You will say no. He must pay the price. We forget quickly that Jesus died for us. The Bible said, while we were yet sinners. Even now, when you live your life, ask yourself, the way we live our lives, is it worthy of God's covering? Is it worthy of God's covering? The mistakes that we make, is it worthy of God's covering? Is it worthy of God's forgiveness? But if he forgives us. Jesus prayed a prayer. He was still on the cross. Father, forgive them, for they don't know what they are doing. I'd like us to go to our text. I'd like you to bring up our slide for today. I've decided to title today's um, interaction, what I saw here on Sunday, he has risen. I'd like us to read um, Matthew chapter 28 and verse 5 and 6. The angel said to the woman, do not be afraid, for I know that you are looking for Jesus who was crucified. He is not here. He has risen. Just as he said, come and see the place where he lay. Right from the New International Version. There's so much in the story of Jesus, all the way to the cross when he was crucified. There's so much in the story. I'd like us to read John. Um, there's a lot of account of what happened on the resurrection day. Matthew have an account, just like we've just read. Then Luke have his own account. Mark has his own account, and then John has his own account. So if you read all these accounts of the resurrection, you will notice that there's a slight difference in the accounts. Not exactly how this one told the story, this one told the story. In fact, sometimes this one said two people were there. One person was there. Sometimes this person said he went once. The other person said he went twice. You know, but the important thing to note is that I was asking a lawyer, someone asked a lawyer that, 
when you hear stories like this, what do you say? They said, the truth is that if you call people as witness for a case and they come to you and they say exactly the same thing, you know that it was rehearsed. Praise the Lord. They tell you exactly the same thing. You know that is, is a lie and it was rehearsed. But if this one tells you one story, another person tells you one story, and I mean, there's a similarity. Another person tells you another story, another person tells you another story, and it's similar. You know that they are telling the truth because everybody has his own perspective. We've talked about perspective here, right? Everybody sees things differently, but you see similarities in their story, then you can put your pieces together. So I'm reading the book of John. Okay, I'm going to be reading the book of John because I like John's story. It seemed a little details, and it seemed more like an eyewitness report. I'm sure you know John was there uh, when this thing happened. So I'm going to read John chapter 20. It's a long read, but I'd like you to just um, stay with me. There's a lesson I would like us to um, learn from this entire resurrection story. Now, on the first day of the week, Mary Magdalene went to the tomb early, while it was still dark, and saw that the stone had been taken away from the tomb. Then she ran and came to Simon Peter and to the other disciple whom Jesus loved. I'm sure we know the disciple whom Jesus loved, right? Which disciple did? John, okay. I just wanted to be sure. And said to them, they have taken away the Lord out of the tomb. And we do not know where they have laid him. Verse 3. Peter therefore went out and the other disciples and, and the other disciple and were going to the tomb. So they both ran together and the other disciple outran Peter and came to the tomb first. Five. And he, stooping down and looking in, saw the linen clothes lying there, yet he did not go in. Then Simon Peter came following him and went into the tomb and he saw the linen clothes lying there and the handkerchief that had been around his head, not lined with the linen clothes, but folded together in a place by itself. Then the other disciple who came to the tomb first went in also and he saw and believed. Verse 9. For as yet they did not know the scriptures that he must rise again from the dead. Then the disciples went away again to their homes. But Mary stood outside by the tomb weeping, and as she wept, she stooped down and looked into the tomb. And she saw two angels in white sitting, one on the head and the other at the feet, where the body of Jesus had lain. Then they said to her, Woman, why are you weeping? She said to them, Because they have taken away my Lord, and I don't know where they have laid him. Now when she had said this, they turned around and saw, sorry, she turned around and saw Jesus standing there, but did not know that it was Jesus. She said to her, Jesus said to her, Woman, why are you weeping? Whom are you seeking? She supposing him to be the gardener, she said to him, Sir, if you have carried him away, tell me where you have laid him, and I will take him away. Jesus said to her, Mary. She turned and said to him, Rabboni, which is to say, Teacher. Jesus said to her, Do not cling to me, for I have not yet ascended to the Father. But go to my brethren and say to them, I am ascending to my Father and to your Father. And to my God, to your God, in verse 18, Mary came and told the disciples that she had seen the Lord and that he had spoken these things to her. Amen. Long read, but I just want to share a few thoughts that I have from there. Now, early in the morning, Mary woke up and the first thing she thought about was to quickly go to the place where Jesus was laid. The Bible said that when she ran there, she saw the stone had been rolled away. And please, what did she conclude? That they've carried him away, right? 
And she ran to the disciples and told them, they've carried our Lord. What did Peter do? Peter ran. John followed him. And of course, I don't know, it's like a lot of fish Peter has eaten, so he's having something. And John outran him. Okay, and John got there and saw that the stone had been rolled away, right? But when Peter got there, when John went there first, he looked in and saw something, right? He saw a rapper. He looked in and saw a rapper. But when Peter got there, the Bible said that Peter went in. He saw the rapper. And he also saw another cloth that they used to wrap him, right? The Bible said that they saw, verse 8, they saw and believed. Please, what did they believe? Eh? <laughs> Hallelujah. They believed that they have taken the Lord away. I'm not sure this thing is making sense so much, but there's something in my head. I'm finding it difficult to communicate it. Mary went and saw a stone rolled away. She drew a conclusion that they have taken my Lord away. And she went and asked people to go. Those ones went and saw what they felt like it was proof that they have actually taken our Lord away. I want to ask you a question. Is that what really happened? No. Verse 9 said, for they did not yet know that he was going to rise from the dead. Do you see how seemingly authentic Mary's testimony was? Seemingly authentic. And do you know that is the problem that the church has? Somebody has one revelation that looks so real and he runs away very quickly. He has opened a church. When he tells you the story, everything you see will align to his false testimony. The thing is, did Mary have the intention of passing a false testimony? Did she have that intention? No. She didn't have that intention. She didn't. But the, the whole situation just looks so real. The scripture, I, I want to ask you one question. When Mary went the first time, she saw the stone rolled away. Was the cloth that John saw, was it in the tomb when Mary was there? It was in the tomb. But she did not see it. When John got there, the, the handkerchief that John, um, Peter saw, was it there, but John did not see it? When Peter got there, he saw the clothes and saw the handkerchief. King, King James called this napkin. When they left, the Bible said that Mary stayed and cried. And then she stooped in again and looked and saw two angels. Am I correct? I want to ask you a question. Has the angels been there all along? <laughs> Hallelujah. Nobody's answering me now. Has the angels been there all along? Praise the Lord. Okay, I want people to share your opinion. Let Buki share her opinion. Okay, so we'll hear other people's opinion. So I believe the angels have been there all along because they rolled away the stone and then they unwrapped Jesus from his, uh, what's he called? You know how they embalm people and everything. So they rolled away the stone and then they you know, unwrapped him. So I believe it's, so it's two ways. It's either. It has yeah, become two he, ways now. <laughs> no, wait, hold on. No. So Mary, Mary gets there 
and the stone had been rolled away. Who rolled the stone away? It was the angel. I believe it was the angel that rolled the okay, stone so, away. Okay, uh, so Princess wants to share her own opinion. Put your hands together for Buki now. I want to dispute a little bit what she said because okay. if you say that the angels rolled away the stone, where is it written? Because the Bible makes us understand that the power that raised Jesus from the dead, you see, this power is not tangible. Obviously, God can just, and the stone will shift. Yeah? And, you know, things will tie. So, if the angels were there, please show me where it is written. Okay. Put your hands together for princess. Any other opinions? Okay. Praise God. Hallelujah. Okay, so I believe that the angels were there. So I'm not going to go into the whole, the angels rolled the stone away or not. But I believe because when Mary came, she saw something. And at that point, it looked like she seemingly had a conclusion. So her mind was open to, was not open to see because her mind, she already had something in her mind that, oh, they are taking Jesus away. So I feel like, I feel like it's, what her mind was open to see at that point in time. So when the whole conclusion thing had ended, maybe God decided to reveal to her that the angels had been there all along. All right, put your hands together for her. Let's have... Okay, um, my opinion is similar to hers. The angels were actually there. But what I think is that because their focus was on seeing Jesus or looking for Jesus in particular, okay, they just went and Jesus is not there. And then they turned back. <laughs> all right praise the lord okay i'm not going to answer that question i'm going to ask another one okay <laughs> you have to say something okay uh good evening church good evening uh march 28 verse 2 the amplified version you want to copy another it says and behold there was a great earthquake for an angel of the lord descended from heaven and came and rode the border back and sat <laughs> upon it his appearance was like lightning and his garments as white as snow now uh the angel the angels rather were always there it's just like for example now you're looking for your car keys but because you are in a hurry to where you are going to it's right in front Come of on, you put but your you're hands not together for this guy you know like uh, <laughs> like like uh when john got there now he saw the garment in fact, he didn't even see it now when peter got in he saw the garments and then saw the napkins so Mary also got in, you know, she has seen the garment, she has seen the napkin, and then she's seen two angels. So the angels were always there. Come on, put your hands, put your hands together. <laughs> All right, I'm still not going to reference that. I'm going to ask another question. The, babies, uh, the Bible said that Mary started crying. And then while she was crying, she stooped in and looked again. Now, she saw everything that Peter and John saw. And she also saw two angels. And then, when she lifted her head, who did she see? She Gardner, I want to ask you. Has Jesus been there all along? <laughs> I need us to answer that question. Had Jesus been there all along? Praise the Lord. When Mary went there, the stone was rolled away. She thought she had all the information she needed. She ran to the disciples. Peter and John got there and saw something they believed confirmed the story of Mary. Sometimes, I used to pity children because it's the information you feed them with early that they tend to believe for the rest of their lives. Sometimes, when you gave your life to Christ first, the place you find yourself where you did that follow-up seemed to define your Christianity. 
And then we are not open to do what? To wait. We are, we are in a hurry. As, as in, we are so much in a hurry. You get one small revelation like this. Hey! Uh-uh. I don't open church with that too. Straight up. God is calling me. I, I, I heard him so clearly. Look at my evidence. And then people look at the evidence and they believe. And the old man will look at you and say, Son, just wait. Just wait. We catch something. You, we think we know so much because of one revelation that you did not even interpret correctly. You didn't interpret it correctly. Napkin revelation is what Peter carried. As powerful as Peter is, is napkin revelation. Mary's one was even very incredible. She had angelic visitation. Do you know what it means to see an angel? Have you seen people that saw what they called was um, Mary somewhere and everybody started worshipping them? They create an altar in that place because they saw one thing. They say they saw Mary. Imagine Mary seeing angels. It's not enough to start an apostolic ministry. She's the first apostle of resurrection. It's enough. But we don't wait. We don't wait. We don't wait. After everything you see, you ask yourself, have you seen Jesus yet? Have you seen Jesus yet? What does the scripture say about this seeming revelation? You read something in God's word, just one thing. Hey, you carry it. The rema you have received. You are not even checking. Okay, what does the other part of the scripture say? What does the other part of the scripture say? What does this scripture say? What does that scripture say? Does it balance what I have just received. This revelation is too strong. You can't wait. It's like you are delaying God and God will strike you if you don't go out now. It's the same thing when we want to start a business. I know we have listened to so many motivational speakers. I know. We have listened to so many. Who says that you should not wait? That once you get the idea, start first. Haven't we listened to that? Start first, and then as you go, you learn on the job. I'm not saying you should not start first. I'm always saying that you should know enough before you start. Okay? Um, in the, my position in the office allows me to give out jobs to many people. Vendors, printers, you know, construction people, what have you. And then I have a lot of brethren who come to me and say, give me job, give me job, give me job, give me job. I'll ask, do you know this job? He say, yes, I know it very well. When did you start? Two months ago. Do you have experience in this job? Brother, please help your brother. Help your brother. <laughs> and I say, um, there's a lot of technicalities in this thing. I trust myself to pay you. I don't trust you to deliver on the job. So, I will not pay you a dime until you finish the job. If your job is okay, I pay you 100% on the same day you deliver. But if the job is not okay, I won't pay you a dime. You carry your job and go. Brother, I will do it. And they do the job and they bring rubbish. And they are looking at you like you are a wicked person. And what I do is, I pay them 100%, condemn the job, and get somebody else. So that they will not go out and say, this man of God is wicked. I did job for him. He did not pay. It won't be on my head. But at least you will not come back to me, right? <laughs> Let me bear that loss. <laughs> uh, some people, I know many of us are not as gracious as I am. Even me, I don't even know how I got here. <laughs> I don't know how I got here, but I don't want anybody to stand up one day. You see how Samuel stood and said, there was nothing. Nobody could find. That's how I want to stand. 
So if I hurt you, please come and tell me very quickly. I don't want anybody to raise a finger against me. Let me just be carrying the loss. It's okay. Praise the Lord. You won't wait. You're in a hurry. You listen to, you did one training. You've not even gone to somebody that knows it and said, let me do apprenticeship for you. Let me study under you. Let me know your peace force. Let me perfect the few things. We don't do that. We just want to start. We want to make money immediately. We will not wait. I'd like us to read Acts of the Apostles, chapter 9, and verse 19. Multimedia, please help me if you're there. Acts of the Apostles, chapter 9, verse 19. I'd like you to use um, NIV. And after taking some food, he gained his strength. Now Saul spent several days with the disciples in Damascus. If you read verse 20, he now said, at once, he began to preach. Remember the story of how Saul encountered Ananias. He encountered Jesus on his way to Damascus, right? And the Bible said that scales fell off his eyes, and then he stayed in a place on a street called Street. And Ananias came there, prayed for him. Scales fell from his eyes. The Bible said here that Saul spent several days with the disciples. And I have tried to study how many days was this several days. You saw the way the Bible wrote it in verse chapter 19. He spent several days with the disciples in Damascus. At once, he began to preach. It seemed like they just cleared his eyes and then he gave him food. He just jumped out and started preaching. No, that's not what he did. Several days with the disciples. Some scholars believe that that was when Paul did his follow-up. And many believe that he may have spent between one to three years doing that. One to three years. When we receive an information that can help you, maybe your business or something. Um, I know a friend of mine that wanted to do uh, Forex. And she, she said she wants to start trading immediately. I said, why don't you do dummy trading first? You do dummy trading for a while and know that you have mastered the skill after your training. After the dummy trading, when you start making money, then you know that you can start. He said, no, I have learned a lot through this lesson. I don't want it to waste. Give me money. Let me just trade. And she got money and put it and lost the whole thing. You know, we don't have to make mistakes first before we realize. You know, it's, that's the reason why you have people that have gone through the same route that you have gone. That's why you have pastors. You know, somebody comes out now today, maybe he's a pastor under the senior pastor, and he says that, I feel God talking to me that I should go and start my own church. And the pastor laughs and says, okay, I've heard. And then after some time, you start feeling very bad that the pastor does not want to release you. You know, it happens a lot, right? We start feeling very bad that the pastor does not want to release us. Whereas the pastor knows that you are not ready. Maybe he knows that there's a God calling under your life, but there are a few things that you need to know. A few things that you still need to learn. And this evening, I want us to take this lesson from the cross. That everything had always been there. They are all there, but we didn't have the patience to wait. And we must continually wait until we see Jesus. The, the people, after the story of the resurrection, remember the Bible said there were two apostles, uh, there were two brothers walking, going from Jerusalem to Emmaus, and they were walking on the road. And Jesus walked with them. Remember the story? Jesus walked with them. 
As they were walking, they were discussing. And Jesus was, oh, what are you people talking about? He said, are you not aware of what happened? Ah, there was this man that they crucified, blah, blah, blah. And they were just with Jesus, talking, talking, talking. Until they got to where they were going and they beckoned on Jesus to wait with them. Not until Jesus broke the bread before they realized he was the one. So you wonder why Jesus wants to pass you through this experience before he eventually gives you the final revelation. Because there's quite a lot in the journey that we need to learn. There's a lot in that journey. There are things, there are little things that might not matter to you that actually matters that you need to learn. He might give you snippets of revelation, but it's okay. But wait. Wait. The Bible said, which, which one is easier to believe? It's easier to believe that the, the body has been stolen away than to actually believe that he rose from the dead. Sometimes it's the one that is easier for us that we take. It's always easier to believe that they've stolen his body away. How could you believe that the result... In fact, the people of old, those Sanhedrin or whatever, had to pay the guards, according to Matthew's story. They had to pay the guards to say that the body was stolen. And the Bible said that if you go to the Jews, there's some of them still tell the same story. But the revelation of God will come when we wait. The revelation of the true nature of God comes when we wait. And we can apply this in every part of our lives, even in our career, even in our business. You joined a company, and then they have not promoted you yet to handle a particular role, maybe the manager of the place that you are, and then you are angry. And the management knows that there are certain characteristics of that position that you do not have and that you just need to learn. But you are not patient. You feel that the management is wicked. And I'm not saying this applies to everybody or in every place. Some people are just outright, some environments are just very toxic and they will not allow you to grow. There are places where you cannot grow. But there are places, this is why we must always ask ourselves, are we just simply impatient? Or is there something for me to learn? And I must tell you, in every situation, there's always something that we need to learn. It doesn't matter how negative it might seem. In every situation, there's always something that we can learn from it. Praise the Lord. I'd like to round up here. I'd like us to stand up on our feet. I'd like us to begin to talk to God. What does the resurrection mean to you? The very essence of resurrection, to live in abundance. The very essence of resurrection, to have forgiveness in our hearts. The very essence of resurrection, to realize who Jesus is. The very essence of resurrection. The tearing of the veil. The tearing of the curtain. The very essence of resurrection. To give us direct access to God. The very essence of resurrection. That our sins might be blotted away. Do we come to this realization every time we come to Easter? I'd like us to ask the Lord to have mercy on us. The story of the resurrection should be something that is real to us every day. God, in my walk with you, is there something that I have been impatient about? Is there something that you want me to see, but I was too much in a hurry? The knowledge I have of you now, God, did I get it? prematurely? Is there a few things about this faith that you still need to reveal to me, but I'm always in a hurry? The times you want to speak to me, early in the morning, 
Mary ran to the tomb. Those early in the mornings, you want to speak to me, but I'm so much in a hurry. I leave your presence too quickly. Are there times, Lord, that you want me to stay a little bit more in your presence? But Lord, I just can't wait. I need to beat the traffic. Father, we thank you. We want to ask, Lord, that you have mercy on us. Have mercy on us. Mary stayed back and cried. She cried and cried. She waited and waited until you showed up. Until you revealed yourself to her. Until you called her by her name, Mary. Father, cause us to wait. Your word said to us, They that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings as eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. Lord, I pray you give us the grace to wait. Waiting can be tiring. But Lord, give us the grace to wait. We will not leave your presence until you have revealed yourself to us. Each day of our lives, oh God, reveal yourself to us. In my walk with you, reveal yourself to us. In my choice of business, reveal yourself to us. In our choosing career, reveal yourself to us. In the name of Jesus. And Lord, if we have made mistakes, we ask that you take us back. Many of us may have taken that wrong path. Lord, take us back. We are willing to start afresh. Blessed be your holy name, Father. In Jesus' much less name we've prayed. If you've been blessed, can you put your hands together for the Lord? <laughs> Hallelujah. You may be seated. <laughs>